Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a victory Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast following an incredible 33-30 overtime victory for the Titans on the road over the Seattle Seahawks. We have a lot to talk about, but I do want to tell you guys about the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It relaunches on September the 20th with brand new hosts. You have Eric Crocker on the scouting side of things. You have Ryan Tracy on the analytics side of things. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. But wow! What an incredible comeback. The Titans were down 24 to 9 at halftime and things seemed very very bleak but they turned it all around in route to a 33 to 30 overtime victory led by a kick from Randy Bullock, a very unlikely hero on this day, but of course there are a lot of other heroes that we have to discuss. We are going to talk about my big picture takeaways to start the show. What were the Titans able to do on offense and defense? that led them to this victory. And then we're going to zoom in, take a look at some of the individual performances and everyone's favorite segment, tighten up and tighten down. So we're going to talk the good, the bad, and the ugly there. And then we do have to recap what took place in the AFC South on Sunday. And let me tell you this, folks, everything came up Titans. So a victory Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow. Wow is all I can say. Everything seemed like it was going wrong for the Titans. The Seahawks were hitting big plays. The Titans offense still looked out of sorts. The referees were doing everything they could to hand the game to Seattle and screw the Titans. It did not matter. The Titans' heart showed in the second half. They showed what kind of team they can be this year, and it was despite a ton of setbacks. So we're going to dive into everything you need to know about this game. Before we do, though, got to remind you guys, I'm going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked on Titans podcast, not only during the regular season, but all year long. Make sure that you subscribe to the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the world on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when my content goes live. Also going to have some great film stuff for you guys this week to tell you how the Titans were able to come back. Check me out on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, the Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod. But let's dive into this 33 to 30 overtime victory. First and foremost, like I mentioned, things seemed bleak at the end of the first half. The Titans went into halftime down by 15, and not only that, but the hit started before the game even kicked off. Titans starting left tackle and big-time money left tackle, Taylor Lewan, who struggled last week, hurt himself during pregame warm-ups and was ruled out for the game right before kickoff, putting the Titans' offensive line into more flux than they needed to be in after last week's performance. But the offensive line was able to play well enough in this game to allow the Titans' skill position players to make the plays they needed to to put them back into this. So, of course, the halftime deficit. But after that, the Titans' offense got back to who they were. They were able to run the ball. Derrick Henry exploded. 
in the second half, ending the game with 182 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He basically carried them through the second half. And you got to give credit to a guy like Julio Jones, who helped the Titans out a lot in the first half. But either way, the Titans gave up three sacks on the day, so it wasn't perfect. There was the turnover, Ryan Tannehill fumbling, but the the perseverance, uh, the, the resiliency of the Titans offense to score 24 points in the second half and overtime. I mean, there's not really much else you can say other than this is a tough bunch, and the Titans did not want to go down 0-2. Now, the Seahawks helped them out a little bit, but we'll talk about that more in a second. As for the Titans' defense, yes, they gave up some big plays. They had some blown coverages. They were playing off coverage in weird situations, as we have seen them do quite a bit. But at the end of the day, the Titans were able to get a ton of third-down stops on defense. The Seahawks were 4-for-12 on third down. We're talking about the Tennessee Titans defense. Hold a team to 4-for-12 on third down, incredible. And a lot of that had to do with the pressure. They were putting a ton of pressure on Russell Wilson throughout the day. They ended up with three sacks on defense themselves. And it wasn't just the sacks, though. The Titans were continuously making Russell Wilson run around, throw incompletions. And I really thought the defense overall played very physical with the Seattle Seahawks, and they were able to play man coverage, they were able to play zone, and they particularly frustrated DK Metcalf, who had under 60 yards for the day. Now, Tyler Lockett got loose, he was able to beat the Titans deep, like I said, some some bad coverage, some blown coverages as well, but the Titans defense late in the second half was able to stop the Seattle Seahawks Seahawks offense, Seahawks, oh, Freudian slip there, they were able to stop the Seattle Seahawks offense on five out of six possessions, including a stop in overtime, forcing the Seahawks to punt when things looked like after the Titans' terrible offensive drive, they were going to go sideways with Russell Wilson in his own house. But the Titans' defense was able to make plays, some really good play in the secondary at times as well from somebody like Christian Fulton. Also saw some good plays from Jackrabbit Jenkins at time, but up front, Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, Jeff Simmons, Harold Landry had a really good day forcing Russell Wilson into some tough situations. But I do want to come back to the fact that the Seahawks could not run the ball in this game. Chris Carson was barely able to get things going at any time. He only had 31 yards on the game, and he had two touchdowns, but one of those touchdowns was set up by the Titans' fumble that basically gave the Seahawks the ball on the goal line. So I think overall a great day in run defense for the Titans. Put the Seahawks in a ton of third and long situations where the Titans' pass rush was able to make things difficult. I can't believe I'm saying these things, and I know that they gave up 30 points on the day, but the offense didn't help them very much early on. The blown coverages, it wasn't like the Titans were just getting beat over and over. So very impressive. For the Titans, not a beautiful game, not a perfect game by any stretch, but in that second half, the Titans really turned it on, and I think the biggest takeaway here is we know what kind of resiliency this version of the Titans is going to have, and it should be able to push them forward through an easier stretch of the schedule to hopefully get some wins. And the next week, week three, won't be super easy for the Titans as they take on the Colts at home. But there are some winnable games ahead for the Titans. This was a big-time victory. And, of course, Randy Bullock at the end nailing the field goal in a big spot with all the issues the Titans have had with the kicker position. Randy Bullock was able to make the big kick on the day and give the Titans the victory. I think some other things that really played into it were time of possession. The Titans really had the ball way more. Then Seattle had the ball. The Titans had 42 minutes and 33 seconds of possession compared to 22 minutes and 42 seconds 
for the Seahawks. So the Seahawks defense was tired at the end. The Titans kept beating them over the head with the run game, and eventually they were able to break some big runs. What an incredible win for the Titans. And when we talk about what happened in the AFC South on Sunday, we are going to talk about how big, just how big, this victory was. But we are going to zoom in, look at some individual performances next, and everybody's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. Before we do, hey, Titans fans, this is Tyler Rowland, and I want to tell you guys about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. That's one word, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price for gas anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to as much as $200 to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your account. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account as well. PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands, tons of different options for you. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN at GetUpside. Titans fans, let's dive right back into this amazing overtime comeback victory for the Titans over the Seattle Seahawks. Just talked about some of my big picture takeaways, kind of a tangent. So much emotion after that victory. I'm all over the place, but I'm sure you guys completely feel the same. I mean, I was just shouting for about 10 minutes after the kick went in from Randy Bullock, and that's where I'm going to start. A big tighten up. For Randy Bullock. Yeah, he missed a kick during the day. That That's understandable. We just picked the guy up off the street when he was a free agent. How good did you think that he was going to be? Either way, he was still able to make four of his five, five field goal attempts, and one of them being the game winner. He had three extra points, went three for three on the day. So what more could you ask for from a free agent off the street kicker with all the problems that the Titans have had. A great day by Randy Bullock. On offense, a big tighten up for Julio Jones. He had six catches, 128 yards, and was absolutely robbed of a touchdown, an incredible touchdown pass. What What is different between what Julio did and what DeAndre Hopkins did last week? It's absolutely preposterous. You could argue that his heel touched the white line, but there are plenty of angles that show his heel didn't touch the white line. So either way, the rest tried to screw the Titans there, but they are on this list somewhere else. We will get there. Next, Derrick Henry. I mean, things were not going well for Henry in the first half. Felt like he was never going to be able to break one after last week. There were concerns that he was ever going to be able to get on track, but 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns in the second half. He came alive. There was a 60-yard touchdown run in there. He just dragged the Titans back into this game. He also set his career high with receiving had six catches for 55 yards, so the most catches he's ever had in a single game in his career. An incredible day from Derrick Henry, over 230 total yards and three touchdowns. He was the superstar the Titans needed. Ryan Tannehill, I know that he had the fumble early in the game, but 27 of 40, 347 yards. He hung in there all day long. Ryan Tannehill, again, another fourth quarter comeback. 
another game-winning drive. He continues to be tough as nails when it counts. Michael Pruitt, I thought, was great. The Titans really struggled having Jeff Swaim out there last week. They put Pruitt in that role this week. He had three catches, 43 yards. The Titans were doing a good job having him block early on and then release out into a pass. Had some wide open catches right behind the or right in front of the offensive line that led to some big games. We saw Tommy Hudson get one of those as well. A good adjustment by Todd Downing to have the tight end block and then late release and get some of those short dump offs for good games. But Michael Pruitt did the best in that department. Jeremy McNichols. I, I mean, I had a lot of ire for Jeremy McNichols in the preseason, but three carries for 26 yards or three catches. For 26 yards, he did a great job as a safety valve and a check down for Ryan Tannehill and had some big catches late in the game to keep the Titans moving and did very well in pass protection in the second half. So a lot of credit to Jeremy McNichols there. And then the Titans offensive line. Yeah, there were some struggles early on, but I thought late in the game, Ty Sambrillo, David Questenberry, Aaron Brewer for a lot of the time, Ben Jones, Nate Davis really settled in, gave Tannehill the time that they needed, and the Seahawks defenders got tired, and the Titans offensive line just kept wearing on them, wore them down, and it led to big Derrick Henry runs and pass protection for Tannehill late in the game. So good job from the offensive line. The defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons had a half a sack. I think it should be a full sack. Uh, Bud Dupree constantly getting pressure on Russell Wilson. Danico Autry, big-time performance. One and a half sacks in this game. Ola Daney in some spot rush opportunities. Had a big sack that I thought should have been a safety and should have ended the game. But again, the refs being ridiculous. Ola Daney, Ola, I always want to mash his names together. Ola Daney had a tackle for loss as well. So a great job collectively by the Titans' defensive line, not only in pass rush, but in run defense as well. I thought David Long and Rashawn Evans did a great job in this game. I usually see them be vulnerable over the middle of the field, but the Seahawks never really got anything going to Will Disley or to Jared Everett or to DK Metcalf over the middle of the field. The Titans did a good job shoring that up. Also, in the secondary, Christian Fulton is just turning into a stud. I thought he did a great job on DK Metcalf throughout the game. I thought he did a great job overall. I think it was his fault on that blown coverage, the uh, touchdown pass to Swain for the Seahawks, but overall, Fulton did a great job. Chris Jackson, I've been his his the opposite of this biggest fan. I've been his worst fan throughout much of his career, but had a pretty good game, led the Titans in tackles with five tackles, did a good job coming up and making some plays on wide receiver screens late in the game. So credit where it's due to Chris Jackson. Dane Crookshank also played a lot in this game. We'll see the snap counts later, but I thought he did pretty well. He was used as a linebacker over the middle of the field. Thought he had some good moments. That goes a long way in shoring up the middle of the field and pass, and pass defense as well. Some Titan downs. I don't want to spend too much time on Titan downs. This is overall a very good game. Don't want to talk too much negativity here, but A.J. Brown with the drops. I think he had about three drops on the day. Targeted nine times, only had three catches for 43 yards. He's going to turn it around like A.J. always does, but tough seeing the drops early on, especially after the drop issues that he had last year. I thought Jeff Swaim, he had two catches for 10 yards, but I think Michael Pruitt did way better in the blocking tight end role, and he offers a lot more versatility as a pass catcher. Elijah Molden really struggled in this game, and Chris Jackson came on to to replace him in the second half, and I think Chris Jackson played well, and Elijah Molden did not have a very good first half and really struggled uh, in pass coverage. Also, Bradley McDougald, he was getting targeted very early on. The, the Seahawks were finding him all over the field. Uh, the terrible 
play to Tyler Lockett where there were two Titans defenders trying to wrap him up and they collided with each other. It reminded me a lot of Justin Jefferson's touchdown against the Titans last year for about 70 yards, but that was just a terrible play by McDougal. He rounded things together later in the game and they didn't target him as much, but I thought the Titans did a good job of hiding him a little bit better on defense and that had a lot a lot to do with bringing Crookshank in for some of those plays. Chester Rogers was absolutely awful as a kick returner and a punt returner. He only averaged 16.7 yards per kick return. I thought he gave the Titans a good return at the end of their first possession of overtime. But other than that, pretty awful. And he got smacked a few times out there on returns. Same thing with the punt return. 10.7 yards on a punt return average. Not terrible, but I just thought, it was just a very poor performance overall from Chester Rogers as a returner. The Titans could do better. Todd Downing still, some of the run calls on first down. I know he was trying to wear him down, but very interesting. Mike Vrabel didn't go for it on a fourth and five in Seahawks territory. It led to a missed field goal. And then he should have run 10 seconds off there at the end of the game rather than using a timeout after the review at the one-yard line and keeping that 10 seconds on. You're at the one-yard line. You're probably going to score with Derrick Henry. You have two timeouts with 22 seconds left. I would have rather run the 10 seconds off than leave 32 seconds, which just left more time for the Seahawks at the end of the second half. So a little bit of a tighten down there. The refs, Julio's touchdown, the spot on Chris Carson on the sideline that gave him a first down. The 10, uh, not the 10 second run up, but the safety for Ola Adaini that they didn't call a safety and gave to Russ at the one yard line, despite the fact he was in the end zone. I thought the refs were awful in this game, and throughout multiple times, I thought that they were just absolutely trying to screw the Titans. I try to be very uh, conservative when it comes to blaming the refs. I prefer to focus on the teams, but just wild stuff from the refs. And then I got to give a Titan down to the Seahawks in their penalties. Ten penalties, 100 penalty yards. They bailed the Titans out in some big situations, so a major Titan down for the Seahawks. So that's Titan up and Titan down. Make sure that you at me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. Let me know if you feel like there are any Titan Ups that I missed. If you agree with any of my Titan Ups or Titan Downs, so let me know how you feel. Let me know in the comments in YouTube right now. Hashtag Titan Up, Titan Down. Who do you think I missed or who do you agree with as a Titan Up or Titan Down? We're going to talk about what happened in the AOC South because, quite frankly, what happened in the division today is just as important as the Titans' victory over the Seahawks. Now, before we get into that, though, do want to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You have one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another device that lets you watch your favorite shows. You're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your friends' neighbors log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you there's a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings live TV together with your on-demand favorites like you've never seen before. You can catch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Also, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bars ever from our friends over at Built Bar. 
Com. They have a ton of delicious flavors. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And the best part, they're not just tasty, they're healthy for you as well. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great as a healthy meal substitute or a guilt-free snack. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, the magnitude of this victory probably surpasses even what I think at this moment in time. Let's just talk uh, uh, about the situation here. It was very likely that the Titans went down 0-2. Now, they got help from the division, and everyone else in the AFC South lost. But the Titans had a home game against the Colts next week, and if they played terribly like they did in the first half throughout the whole game, well, what makes us believe that they are going to beat the Colts next week. Not only did the Titans need this to help themselves out in the division, but they needed this just from a team aura, team confidence, team swagger situation. If the Titans go down 0-2 with everything looking as bleak as it did at halftime, I mean, the psyche of the team could be affected throughout a stretch where they really got to get some victories before a tough stretch in the middle of the season. So this was just a huge win, a win that I didn't think the Titans were going to get, not only based on week one, but earlier in the year when I did my record prediction, I just figured this would be a loss. So to turn this into a win is absolutely phenomenal for the Titans. Let's talk about what happened in the AFC South. The Houston Texans, who were 1-0 after week one, lost 31-21 to to the Cleveland Browns, but it wasn't just the game that they lost. Tyrod Taylor, the starting quarterback, went down and did not return after injuring himself late in the first half. Davis Mills went out there. He was awful. So that's very concerning for Houston. Now, the Indianapolis Colts also lost 27-24 to the Rams. I swear, I thought the Rams were going to blow that game. They had a miscue on a punt in the end zone, gave up a touchdown to the Colts special teams unit. They got the Colts right back in the game. I thought for sure. The Rams were going to blow that game and screw the Titans, but they were able to hold true. Aaron Donald folded Carson Wentz up like a folding chair, hurt Carson Wentz. He wasn't able to play the last four minutes or so of the game. Jacob Eason went out there, threw an interception to Jalen Ramsey. Thank you, Tennessee's own Jalen Ramsey, and that sealed the loss for the Colts. So the Colts now go to 0-2. That is big long-term because we know the Colts are going to hang around, but also is Wentz going to be able to play next week? Will the Titans see Jacob Eason? Obviously something very important to watch. And then Jacksonville, just looking like a massacre. They lost to Denver at home 23-13. to Urban Meyer looks miserable. Trevor Lawrence threw some interceptions. Not a lot to be happy about there in Jacksonville. So not only did the Titans kind of save their season, at least the early part here, and restore their mojo, but the rest of the AFC South looked absolutely awful, suffered important injuries and all took losses. So just a monumental win for the Titans in a big spot. Absolutely incredible. And I'm going to keep breaking it down for the next few days here on the Locked on Titans podcast. 
tomorrow. We are going to talk a lot about schematically what happened in the game. Keep diving into how the Titans were able to get this comeback established. And then on Wednesday, it will be rewatch Wednesday. I'm going to empty out my notebook after I'm able to recap and rewatch all of the All-22 and all of the coaches' tape to let you know schematically exactly what happened. So, so some tape days ahead, some great days ahead here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Make sure that you don't miss a single second. Remember, subscribe on whatever platform you stream your podcast. Subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on YouTube as well. And you're not going to want to miss the film work that I'm doing on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But that's going to do it for me today. Titans fans, what an incredible win. Tighten up, everybody. That's going to do it for me. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.